skunk, baby. Mm -hmm. <laughs>I got some Joey and Pat. I got some fun coming on. I got some Speed Gibson. I believe our man on the scene should be here fairly soon. Um, we took a book tour. Hopefully we'll talk about that uh, when we come back. And we got that uh, I want to realize, man, the where I feel in me. How do you feel? I want to realize we men the where I feel in me. How do you feel? I'm gonna explode. You mean you're gonna explode? I'm gonna explode. Watch out. I'm gonna explode. Like atomic have decided to take Dr. Kingsley, his daughter Jean, and Bob Gilmore with them on their flight into Tibet in pursuit of the octopus. After the necessary preparations, they all go to the secret police hangar where Lee Ying awaits them with the six-passenger monoplane that serves the secret police. Meanwhile, the escaped prisoner Chang has gotten in touch with the octopus by short wave, admitting that he told the police his master's destination. Furious, the octopus orders Chang to stow away in the police plane and cause it to crack up with his enemies. Knowing that failure to follow orders will mean terrible torture, Chang agrees to the plan. Meanwhile, the boys arrive at the airport, but Li Ying is nowhere to be seen until at last, Speed spots him lying unconscious in their plane. Pressed for time, Clint leaves Ying in charge of the ground crew, and we find the plane just about to take off on the flight to Tibet. Everything clear? Yes, Barney. And your nose is right in the wind. Now, let's go.
Hey, Clint, this crate's a beauty to handle. Got it all over that octopus plane we've been skyriding in. Yeah, for comfort, yes, but it's not as fast. Oh, speed ain't everything. Every time we get in a hurry to go anyplace, what happens after we get there? We get shot at or hit, or they try to drop us in the river and sack. Uh, speaking of being hit, I wonder how Ying's getting along. Ah, uh, don't worry. The hangar crew is going to get him to a hospital right away and let us know by short wave just what ailed him. Well, I certainly hope it isn't a fractured skull. Ying's too valuable right now to be on the sick list. Yeah, I know. Seems like we're getting the bad breaks, all right. But don't forget, old pal, we did smoke the octopus out of Hong Kong. We're winning, even if we do lose once in a while. Well, I wish I could be sure of that. What do you mean? I'd like to know who hit Lee Ying and why. Yeah, that's a thought. Hey, supposing somebody slipped in while the gang was out eating and did something to the motors after putting Ying to sleep? Uh, not enough time for that, Barney. These motors are too well protected to reach quickly. Yeah, that's so. Well, guess we'll just have to wait and see what happens. And then it'll be too late. Well, I think I'll go back and see how the doctor and the rest are getting along. You need that map for a while, Barney? No, I got my latitude and longitude. I'm flying by compass just now. And as soon as I have her set right, I'll kick on the automatic pilot. Okay. I'll take it to them. Now, I want to ask Bob a few questions. Yeah, so long. Yeah, so long. If anything comes in over the short wave, let me know. Just open the door and give a yell. Yeah, don't worry. Oh, here's Clint now. Yeah, that was a nice takeoff, Clint. <laughs> yeah, Bob. As good as Barney is at secret police work, he's even better at flying. He loves it, too, you know, particularly when he has as good a ship as this. Well, the secret police plane has everything in it that you might need in your work, all right. Machine guns, ammunition, a lot of cargo that <laughs> I can't make head or tail of. Well, we have to be prepared for everything, Doctor. Well, how do you like flying in this plane, Jean, after the China Clipper? Oh, I love it, Clint. The Clipper was big and wonderful, but this plane is all our own. Kind of private. <laughs> I think Jean should have been a boy, Dr. Kingsley. She thrives on adventure and danger. Yes, I I wonder how many other little girls would like to fly into Tibet on the trail of the worst criminal the world has ever known. Are you sorry you came, Doctor? No. We're safest with you, boys. I realize that. Nevertheless, I can't help but wonder how it will all end. In our favor. Don't you worry, Doctor. That's the spirit, Speed. Have you heard any word about Ying yet? I haven't had time, Speed. We've barely gotten into the air, you know. We'll be hundreds of miles away from here by the time they get Ying to the hospital and have made an examination. What route are we taking, Clint? Well, I can show you better on the map than I can tell you, Bob. Okay. Now, here, I'll spread it out so we can all see. There you are. Now, uh... Here's Hong Kong. Goodness, how small it looks compared to the rest of China. Uh, small but powerful, Jean. Under British rule, it has become the gateway of the East. But now we must leave British protection and take our chances along the skyways. Directly across southern China, uh, here you see, flying over the provinces of Quanxi, Quichau, the northern tip of Yunnan, Zekwon, Sikong, and then finally we cross over into Tibet. Boy, I hope I don't have to pronounce any of those names. Where are we going to land for refueling, Clint? At the secret police station, Speed. They're not shown on this map, but we can be sure of getting fuel. Well, that is, until we cross the Tibetan border. Then we'll have to take our chances, but oh, I'm not worrying about that. 
Uh, I know just where in Tibet we should find gasoline. Would the octopus interfere with that? No, that's one thing we can be sure of, Bob. You know, Tibetans, uh, of course, excepting the robbers that drove in the north, are very honorable. And even the brigands have a code of their own. They don't take kindly to outsiders, particularly one with a reputation such as the octopus has. He would have to import his men to work for him in Tibet. No, you know, I don't believe a Tibetan would knowingly serve him. Clint, we know the octopus is a criminal. He's a man who hides his face behind a black mask. Perhaps he assumes another personality in such a place as, say, Tibet. Perhaps the Tibetan government knows him as a respected and honorable man. He may even have an established business there, using it as a blind to his uh, smuggling and similar activities. Possibly, but if that's the case, we'll soon open the eyes of the Tibetan government. Uh, by the way, will our passports carry us over the Tibetan border? Uh, we'll have to stop and have them visaed, and our secret police identification will take care of any irregularities, Bob. But I want to stop at the border anyhow to notify the patrol that the octopus is active in Tibet. Clint? You think we'll find Marsha there? Yes, I'm sure of it, Jean. Maybe your brother Larry, too. I'll certainly be glad to see Larry again. And if we do find him, Clint, he'll be able to give us plenty of information concerning the activities of the octopus. Yeah. I bet the octopus has been making him work for him all this time. You know, it's strange how a young fellow of Larry Winfield's background could fall in with the octopus. Well, he must have gotten himself in a jam, Clint. That's the only explanation for it. He thought the world of his folks and Marcia. After they died and she was left alone, he'd have done anything rather than disgrace her. But what could he have done? That's what's got me. Larry liked a good time like all of us, but he wasn't the sort that would lose his head. Maybe the octopus framed him. Well, that sounds logical. If young Winfield was making a name for himself as an engineer for that oil company, and if the octopus needed a good engineer, it's a cinch he'd stop at nothing to get him. Well, we'll stop at nothing to get the octopus. And then he won't go around wrecking people's lives and kidnapping swell girls like Miss Marcia. Oh, I like to hear you talk like that, Speed. You're so brave. No, well, I mean, well... Oh, heck, have you got anything to eat, Clint? <laughs> You'll have to get used to admiration if you're going to be a hero, Speed. Well, I'm not going to be any hero. I just want to be a good member of the secret police, like Clint and Barney. They do more real good than all the heroes put together. Oh, no, wait a minute. Hold on there, Speed. You're taking in a lot of territory when you say that. The heroes and heroines of past and present well deserve that title. They're the pioneers of whatever work or profession they may be in. They gamble with the unknown and often must pay their losses with their lives or, or heartbreak. My, it's awfully sad. I don't think I'll ever be a heroine if that's what happens to them. <laughs> well, by the time you're a young lady, Jean, perhaps everyone will be a hero or heroine. <laughs> so you might as well be prepared. You bet. Just leave it to the secret police. In a few more years, there won't be any more villains like the octopus. Now that we have set the plane down for reloading, exactly where are we, Master? I recognize this river as a young sea young, but the country itself is foreign to me. We are near a village named Hokao, Kwanu. We are safe here. This fueling station is well isolated. Yes. To all who look upon it, it appears to be a wayside shrine. No one would dream that it would give us gasoline with which to continue our journey. Where are we going to meet the other planes? Further north, near the mountains. I scattered the fleet so that they would not attract undue attention when they refueled. These stupid peasants would notice nothing. But there may be a member of the secret police in this territory. And he would wonder why so many planes were flying west. 
Speaking of flying and the secret police, I wonder if Steve Gibson, Clint Barlow, and Barney Dunlap are still in the air, or if Chang has already succeeded in bringing them to Earth. Possibly. Who can tell? But I do know that he will not dare disobey me this time. He was a fool to have attempted an attack on the boy when in plain sight of the other police. Yes, Chang is a fool and a traitor. That is why I made certain that he would not only destroy the secret police, but himself as well when he brought down their plane. Fools may be tolerated so long as they are useful, but a traitor, never. Yes, master. You are always right. Not always. But I try never to make the same mistake twice, Quan Wu. Now that my plane is ready, let us take off again. I'm anxious to reach Tibet and know for a certainty that Chang succeeded in following my orders. <laughs> Clint, I'm still hungry. Well, go get an apple then, Speed. You'll find it with the rest of the supplies in the compartment, just outside of the pilot's compartment. Okay. Want an apple, Jean? No, thank you, Speed. I don't want to spoil my dinner. Well, I'm going to get an apple. Won't spoil my dinner any. <laughs> All right, Speed. And you might look in on Barney while you're up there and see if everything's okay. You bet. Let's see that map. Wow. The air's kind of bumpy. I wonder what our altitude is now. It's pretty high. Uh, I guess this is where the supplies are kept. Hey, the door's open a little ways. That's funny. Here's my apple. When have this door is warped or anything? No? Now, who in heck could have left that open? Maybe Barney knows something about it. I'll go into the pilot's compartment now. Hey, speak! Help me! Barney! Who? What? Hang! Help! He's choking me! We'll crack up! Clint! Bob! Change me to the pilot's compartment, choking Barney! Help me get him off and we'll go into a spin! Help! Help! of the International Secret Police.
Oopsie poopsie, sorry folks. <laughs> I got carried away fussing around. I got these goddamn pretzels, man. And fuck off if I just didn't get into a pretzel frenzy and just started smashing these pretzels to death. Hmm. But I looked up and I was like, oh shit. Still playing. <laughs> oh, and then I was reading this article about how these private prisons are being sued, which is cool. For, you know, not paying people sh- like a dollar a day type shit, you know. Reading The Guardian. Was not even uh, related to the other stuff that I was reading the links. And um, <clears throat> also Amazon workers all over uh, Europe. The... Um, what they call they're like glass jewels the yellow shirts or something yellow vests yeah gilets jeans um in particular in paris were um marching on black friday to uh like on a strike for amazon because they are garbage but whatever but that's not part of the links. The links for 11, 25, 18. Holy cow, the end of the month. Thanksgiving has just passed. All right. Vermont couple looking for family peacock that ran off with turkeys. Boston Globe. Oh, Boston. Uh, the little blind fish that can mend a broken heart from Japan Times. Literal heart tissue. Did I talk about that last week? I thought it was weird. How weird it would be to grow up on an island. Like, just sort of like. Not weird, but I can see sort of why how like fish iconography and shit is like especially prevalent in you know any island nation because your surround your surroundings and I just find it interesting like to put myself in the headspace of a person who grew up around that just yeah well that's just the normal instead of like cows and everything whatever or it's you know they have that shit too whatever ba 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 boom toxic oil field oh but by the way there's literal heart tissue. That that little blind fish can mend a broken heart. A toxic oil filled wastewater used to grow California food, including organics. That's Food and Water Watch. Oil sands waste is collected in sprawling toxic ponds. To clean them up, oil companies plan to pour water on them. Good job, the star. Parliament seizes cache of Facebook internal papers. Guardian, the same parliament that's now embroiled in Brexit? <laughs> oh, you know what? Um, I also read an article. That's why I kind of got on a sidetrack. I, I read an article about um, Julian Assange. His fucking like, weird sort of secret indictment that's going on with him that's all fucked up. Where they're trying to get the rule change where... Um, which is really fucked up. It's like all kinds of crazy. The um the rule is if you're sore if you're a reporter, your source has a confidential source. The reporter cannot be sued for the leakers, you know, uh, law breaking this, you know, right? Cuz he, you know, stole confidential documents. The fucking reporter didn't do it. So he's not liable for it or anything he can't go to jail for that shit they're trying to change that with assange which is fucked up and if it fucking goes through god quit saying effing effing fucking through the courts it's a it sets a horrifying legal precedent which you know would chill like you talk about chilling the first amendment well shit you can't even your your reporters no longer have 
leakers and shit to tell you about things like Guantanamo Bay or, you know, all those horrific things that are done in quiet by our government and other goddamn people probably because, you know, this same Richie's will try to get stuff that's like, like if a, let's say a private company has like a private public, uh, contract with the government but they're doing some shady shit it might be considered classified considering that um what even i think one of the 9-11 like prosecutors like yeah 75 percent of the shit that we do is like unnecessary like classify so the idea that like you know why wouldn't they classify it but you know just creepy i don't like that kind of shit but yes, but that's really important and it's going on right now and nobody's, of course, <laughs> most people aren't paying attention to it, you know, why would you? And it's not in anybody's who would, um, well, what's really weird is the people who's interested would be to maintain the, at least the status quo or where people cannot be prosecuted for the quote unquote, like sins of their fucking informant that it should at least be fighting for that but they're just like me or you know not everybody obviously because i read it but anyway you know but i read about it from matt taibbi in the rolling stone you know not in you know it should be it it's newsworthy enough to be up like in the times or you know a, a really high profile which rolling stone is certainly but like a high profile like newspaper periodical type thing Anyway, we tried Amazon's bizarre Alexa microwave and weren't convinced. TechCrunch. I read that article too. That one's pretty funny. Like they they take the process of uh, microwaving anything and just complicate the shit out of it. It's really, really funny. Um, Let me see if I like i took a screenshot of of uh what like one of the pages of the instructions of how to yeah here you go to do presets all right you'd go like alexa reheat one cup of coffee your microwave oven supports many presets through uh voice including popcorn potato reheat coffee and others for example to cook one potato weight approximately eight ounces you could say alexa microwave one potato to see the latest list of alexa utterances for all supported preset functions then they got one of those i i've always forget what they're called but like the new url codes you know with all the little you know bits and bots yeah it's a u scan or whatever but so they have like a, a a fucking scan you can use on your phone or i i i guess or or maybe it's on the machine i don't know because how the fuck are you supposed to scan this if you're on the phone but anyway uh, to see the latest uh list of alexa utterances for all supported preset functions visit you know amazon.com cook presets or scan the barcode popcorn alexa move microwave 1.5 ounces of popcorn to microwave popcorn, say Alexa, microwave X amount of popcorn, X ounces of popcorn. Say it's in quotes. Say quote Alexa, microwave X ounces of popcorn. Unquote. 
Your microwave oven will determine the time to cook your popcorn appropriately. For example, to microwave 2.2 ounces of popcorn, say, I'm assuming you say point. Because it's, it's just like, it's, it's as written, so it's 2.2. So you might say 2.2, but it doesn't say in parentheses 2.2. So I'm just going to assume it's 2.2 ounces of popcorn. So you say, say, Alexa, microwave 2.2 ounces of popcorn. Now, ostensibly, you're standing in front of the fucking machine, right? Because you just closed the door. It's not like a thing that you can do, <laughs> right? Like across the street or whatever the fuck, right? And I'm just like, it doesn't put the f- popcorn in the microwave. Anyway, <laughs> so to microwave popcorn, there's like, oh, the, the button version, it says, uh, press uh, microwave weight, the LED will begin flans- flashing in the ounce icon of the LED will light up, then enter the weight in ounces and press start. For example, to microwave 2.75 ounces of popcorn, press popcorn weight 275 start. And then it has like the plus 30 seconds. Note, do not microwave more than three ounces of popcorn. Popcorn bags larger than three ounces may get burned or by hitting the inner cavity of the microwave oven. Your microwave oven will remember the last quantity of popcorn you microwaved using the keypad. <laughs> that's all the shit that they, that's like, that's not even all of it. That's like a small little thing of, the, we're just talking about a microwave, folks. <laughs> it's not exactly the most difficult fucking you know it's what's really funny is hearing the um like the sales reps from like amacom or amacom what the hell is that amazon um like uh what's it like how products like household products or whatever the fuck try to spin this thing into sales right like uh hey you know what's really uh you know some people just get so frustrated at having to hit that 30 second button you know they'd just rather talk (laughs) i don't get it (laughs) it's like it's like putting more shit in the way to do a simple ass task it's so wild anyway I think it's only 60 bucks, though, for that fucking thing, so whatever. Small bookstores are booming after being nearly after nearly being wiped out. CBS. Yeah, I saw that, uh, you know. The, uh, on Saturday, the goddamn bookstores are hopping. I'll tell you that. And we were down there yesterday, man. Um, I'll tell you what. My anecdotal evidence. Every fucking bookstore we went into was fucking popping. Like, geez, oh, Pete. Really surprising. Well, not really. Well, I don't know. It's good. I'm glad. Shit. You know, it's interesting. It's certainly interesting. Maybe, you know, maybe I'll talk. Let's see if we'll talk about that with uh, with uh, Paralegal Jeff when we get here. Uh, Brexit. Dan Hodges. This Brexit crisis is now so grave that ministers are talking about a national government. <laughs> Daily Mail, including Corbin K. Horror. UK and Spain reach agreement over Gibraltar. Oh, yeah, paving way for Brexit deal. CNN. Brexit. Theresa May's, quote, letter to the nation in full, BBC. Brussels sees its Brexit mission accomplished. Ooh, not good. French police fight tear gas, use water cannon on yellow vest protesters. Yeah, there you go. RTE. 
Uh, Bank of Italy sounds alarm over banks. Uh, stability. Financial Times. Sarakistan. AP interview. Saudi royals says crown prince is here to stay. AP. What an asshole. You know what? I heard one. <laughs> and it's stuck in my head the entire time. They say, you know what's fucked up? The goddamn Saudis are really like fucking. Think of like your stereotypical Texan. And you're like, that's that's the Saudis. I was like, ugh. That's who we're dealing with? Fuck me. You know, like a bunch of like nationalist, fundamentalist, fucking like their God, whatever the fuck you're over there serving, fearing. Ugh, like treat people like shit. Ugh. Hateful of all outsiders. Assholes. You think they're fucking better than everyone? <laughs> yeah. Once again, I always bring that this shit up though. Don't mess with Texas. Is a fu- I remember when it was a fucking littering program. I remember when it started. Don't mess with the fuck off. It takes a long time to fucking ride through. I remember that. Um, Trump and the Saudi effect. What's really driving down oil prices? Middle East eye. Two of Africa's largest operators are collaborating to dominate mobile money. Quartz. China. They have learned nothing and forgotten nothing. (laughs) Uh, That's from Charles Maurice to Talleyrand Perigord. Perigord. Fucking Bill Crystal's tweet. Shouldn't an important U.S. foreign policy goal the next couple of decades be regime change in China? What an asshole. Okay, listen to this bullshit. So dist- this guy Nicholas uh, Criscus, so dystopian and authoritarian as to defy belief, China will judge each of its 1.3 billion people based on their social behavior and adopt a lifelong points program that assigns personalized ratings by 2021. <laughs> Via at business at Clay Rutridge, Bloomberg.com news articles. <laughs> Or in the Vulgate, there he goes again. For those who came in, came in late, Crystal was a founder and chair of the Project for a New American Century, which provided the ideological justification for Bush's invasion, Bush's invasion to create regime change in Iraq. Quote, unquote, regime change. And you know what's fucked up? That, that statement is not too far off on how the fuck we do shit around here, by the way. You could just swap out the U.S. will judge one of its 330 fucking billion or million people based on their social behavior. Yep. <laughs> and adopt a lifelong points program. That's sort of like your taxes. You know, that's your personalized ratings, right? Fuck it. All right. Uh, Trump lo- China lauds uh, voters after defeat of Taiwan's ruling party, Reuters. Uh, why? Not that I even like China. I, you know what I mean? Like, like as far as like, hey, they're doing it right. <laughs> they're, whatever, they're doing it. <laughs> but you know, ugh. I'm like any fucking strongman horseshit. Why are separatist militants violently targeting Chinese in Pakistan? Let me try reading that like a human this time. Why are separatist militants violently targeting Chinese in Pakistan? Hmm. Uh, South China Morning Post. Carlos Casson, a criminal or just a foreigner? Hmm. Asia Times. 
Um, Trump transition. Deal with Mexico paves way for asylum overhaul at U.S. border. WIPO. But Trump says asylum seekers to wait in Mexico. Incoming government denies. Reuters. The WAPO story, however, was sourced to senior members of President-elect Andreas Manuel Lopez Orban, Orados, Orados, Abrados, Doors, O-B-R-A, Rados, Abrados, transition team, not the Trump administration. Newly elected uh, Republican senator could be Google's f- f- fiercest critic, Ars Technica. You know, I didn't read this yesterday, and I, won. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. One problem with the liberal Democrats' ideology of, co- of a, co- a coalition of the ascendant driven by identity politics and demographic changes is that it assumes Republicans will simply access- accept the inevitable passively. Exactly. Healthcare. Liberal Democrat appa- uh, apparatchiks are complaining that AOC, my favorite, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, does, who I used to talk about the time on the Wednesday show, is dominating their Twitter feeds. And no wonder, Spectrum Health, oh lord. And um, there's this fucking tweet that she sent out that's basically this bill this lady got on 11 2018 to Hedda Martin. It's like, it was a form letter basically from Spectrum Health saying that, uh, you know, your medical situation was presented to our multiple multiple disciplinary heart transplant heart transplant committee on Tuesday, October twentieth, twenty eighteen. The decision made by the committee is that you are not a candidate at this time for a heart transplant due to needing a more secure financial plan for in immunosuppressive medication coverage. The committee is recommending a fundraising effort of $10,000. If you have any concerns or questions, blah, 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 please call the transplant office. Yeah. Now, where she gets it wrong is Spectrum Health is a hospital, not an insurance group. But she says insurance group are recommending GoFundMe as official policy where customers can die if they can't raise the goal in time. But sure, single-payer health care is unreasonable. Right? 29,000 fucking people retweeted that or favorited it. it, 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 it. But yeah, but Spectrum is a hospital. Yeah, she just needs to get the details right because people will eviscerate her over that. Democrats in disarray. Bernie Sanders, lion of the left, but not the only one roaring. I I really dislike when there's like, I dislike narratives and shit usually. Certainly mainstream narratives. The idea that he, Bernie Sanders, is the only person out there who gives a shit about these things is so crazy. But anyway, outflanked on, outflanked on the left like it's a fucking battle or a sports game. A sports game by rising stars like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Ayanna Presley and Beto O'Rourke. Wow, he's not fucking lefty, exactly. His stronghold on the party's progressive wing has weakened. <laughs> they make it sound like this dude wants it all for himself. They, you know, it's it's such a it's when you when I I hate when people say when you I don't know what the fuck you do when you do what you do, but I don't know what I do. And when I read that, <laughs> I just read like just ignorant horseshit (laughs) basically the idea that the person either writing this or the opinion of this person or whatever idea ideology this is coming from that well obviously in my party right i guess like pelosi 
I would say, right? I guess that would be, you know, he has like a stranglehold on <laughs> her party's politics, which I guess wouldn't be too off. But not everybody wants that shit. <laughs> it's a bad idea. But whatever. U.S. media must, quote unquote, get smarter to tackle Trump, says Hillary Clinton. Oh. The Guardian. Always with the, quote unquote, smart. Biz Bigness is stealing from their own workers. Will Democrats stop them? <laughs> I always tell you, when they when you bring up a question in your, in your thing, it's usually the answer is no. Uh, Michael Tomaski, the Daily Beast, wage theft affects many millions of Americans of all races in all places, yet I don't hear many Democrats talking about it um, because their base doesn't care about it. <laughs> Bertrand's law applies. What comes after the blue wave? <laughs> a Q&A with David Duhalde, dissent, <laughs> our revolution's political director. Um, commentary for governments left or what gives a fuck right and left a season of discontent. Um, I was gonna say I, was, I almost messed up and said for governments left and right, but right and left. I want to at least get the headline right. That was Reuters. Can we continue to care about winning, Benjamin Studebaker? Who gives a fuck about winning? Be right for once. The academy is largely itself responsible for its own peril. Chronicle of Higher Education. Imperial Collapse Watch. Managing American Decline, The Atlantic, How to Quantify America's National Security Woes, just national interest. Less than grand strategy, the nation on uh, Brzezinski. Um, U.S. nuclear fleets, dry docks threatened by storms and rising seas. Hmm, inside climate news. I wonder about that. My friend used to do dry dock, like in the winter or some sh yeah yeah he used to do dry docking in the winter eric did i wonder if that shit's changed at all i'm, I'm sure it has hmm. um brazil record records worst annual deforestation for a decade if we must fly expensive machinery and blow things up why not target brazilian cattle ranchers <laughs> <clears throat> Class warfare. How do war financing strategies lead to inequality? A brief history of the War of 1812 through post-9-11 wars. PDF file. Check it out. It's from the uh, Watson Institute of International and Public Affairs, Brown University. It's from June. Still Jermaine. Suicide is rising in U.S., falling around the world. Axios. Unemployed people kill themselves at around two and a half times the rate of those at work via Twitter. This can't be true because my economics textbooks told me they've maximized their happiness by choosing leisure over work. Somali, wor Somali workers in Minnesota force Amazon to negotiate. New York Times. Why so many tech workers worship their CEOs? This probably has something to do with that millionaires and waiting bullshit or on hold. <laughs> Um, if I had to guess, uh, that was from Salon. How quiet California town protects itself against today's mega fires from Mashable. It's Matsido, right up uh, the block here from us. C uh, climate may force millions to move, and U.S. isn't ready. Report says no shit. Rural Americans are rebooting the spirit of the internet. Wired, which is pretty interesting. Taylor Swift. This is actually really cool. Taylor Swift's new record deal affects thousands of other musicians. Rolling Stone. As part of her joint contract with the label, uh, U, uh, Universal Music, uh, UMG, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure Universal Music Group, must uh, promise to hand over to artists on a non-recoupable basis a portion of the windfall from its Spotify shares in the future. Not just to Swift, but to all its artists. 
Wow. Good on her. That's cool. Using your fucking weight to swing some real fucking get some other people paid. <clears throat> oh God. Red 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 Dead Redemption Two is true our New York Times. Gives a fuck. <laughs> uh Best Books of twenty eighteen economics. Uh Martin Wolf. Uh, Financial Times, Marco, Michael Hudson, and forgive them their debts, lending foreclosure and redemption from Bronze Age finance to the Jubilee year. Uh, they had two articles on it in uh, Naked Capitalism. Is naturally on Wolf's list. Wolf summarizes. Uh, the work of Assyriologists has shown that by the third millennium BC, the rulers of the Near East understood the necessity of repeated debt forgiveness. The alternative was, Wolf writes, economic polarization, bondage, and collapse. The relevance of this history to the world today seems clear. Debt is necessary. Too much debt is disastrous. I would have said the clear relevance is the need for a jubilee. <laughs> How to find an insight Mars landing event across Europe and North America space. And then there's a beautiful picture of a bluebird. And there you go. I think my man's coming in in 15 minutes. Uh, Speed Gibson takes 15 minutes. Since I already started the one, let's just uh, drop that and then uh, I'll just play one uh, next week. So here you go. Took me shorter than I thought. Here we go. Steve Gibson of the International Secret Police. Barney land their plane at Chongqing in the interior of China in order to leave Chang, the octopus gangster there, at the secret police post for further questioning. Leaving Speed in charge of the plane with Dr. Kingsley and little Jean, Clint, Barney, and Bob go to deliver their prisoner. Meanwhile, a dragon dance begins within sight of the plane and gradually draws nearer. As time passes and Speed begins wondering what has become of his uncle, the voice of the octopus is heard over the plane's short wave set, saying that if he ever wants to see Clint again, Speed should follow the dragon. Hello. Hello, octopus. He doesn't answer. He signed off, Speed. Something's happened to Clint. i got to find out what. But you can't follow that dragon parade, Speed. We don't know anything about this town of Chongqing. You might disappear, never to be found again. Dr. Kingsley, we've got to find out what's happened to Clint and the others. The dragon is starting to leave, Speed. And if I don't follow it, maybe I'll be making an awful mistake. Maybe letting Clint down. Now listen, we've got to keep our heads in the case like this, Speed. Think carefully. Clint left orders for you to watch the plane, didn't he? Yes, sir. But he didn't know what might happen to him. Well, he's got Bonnie and Bob Gilmore along with him. 
That trio could more than hold their own against any attack that the octopus band might make. Yeah. It's daytime, too. The octopus gang couldn't pull anything too rough or the Chinese would see it and wonder what was up. Exactly. Furthermore, do you think that if the octopus really had Clint and the others in his power, that he would let you know about it until they were well out of the way? Of course he wouldn't. I think the whole thing is a trick to get speed away from the rest of us. I do too, Jean. The octopus knows that the only thing that would make Clint give up the pursuit would be to hold speed as hostage. Golly, it all makes sense, Dr. Kingsley. I wish I had some way of making sure that Clint and Barney were safe. Doesn't the Chongqing branch of the secret police have a shortwave radio set speed? Uh, huh? Why don't you call them and see if Clint is there? What? Why, I never thought of that. Neither did I. I'm afraid I was as confused as you were when that message came over from the octopus speed, and that's exactly what that criminal hoped for, that we'd be so excited that we'd act before thinking. Sure, that's it. Golly, Jean... You ought to be in the secret police instead of me. Oh, no, Speed. Just think of all the things you've done for the police. This is the first time I've ever helped, even the least bit. Well, it's sure been a big help this time. Let's see. Here's the book that has all the call letters of the secret police stations. Ah, uh, oh, here we are. Chung King, IS-14. I'll call him right now. Flight station IS-27 calling IS-14. Emergency. Standing by for two-way. Come in, please. Will they know you're calling if they're not tuned in for you, Speed? Yeah, Jean. The secret police have perfected lights for calls like this. Like the one this set has. Remember? You saw it flash on and off when the octopus was calling me. IS-27 calling IS-14. Standing by for two-way. Come in. IS-14 to IS-27. IS-14 to IS-27. This is Speed Gibson. Is Clint Barlow there, IS-14? Barlow? One moment, please. Oh, I hope he's there. Yeah. If he isn't, I won't know exactly what to do. IS-27? Yeah? Mr. Barlow is here. He will speak to you in one moment. Oh, thanks. Thanks a lot. That's a relief. Oh, yes. I'm so glad. Oh, Speed. Is that you? Yeah, Clint. Are you all right? Sure. Why? I just had a call from the octopus over this set. Saying that if I ever wanted to see you or Barney again, I should follow the dragon. You should what? Follow a phony dragon that was in a parade outside here. He said it'd lead me to you. Ah, so he's up to his old tricks again, is he? He must be getting closer. He wouldn't have tried such an old trap. But he almost caught me, Clint. What do you mean? I was going to follow the dragon until Dr. Kingsley showed me that the octopus was probably bluffing, and Gene here thought of me trying to get you at the secret police station. Well, thank heaven someone was there to hold you back. Otherwise, we probably would have had to stay in Chongqing looking for you. Now, Speed, you stay right there at the plane until I get there. Do you hear? Yes, sir. Now, we've delivered Chang to the captain here and explained everything. So we'll be returning shortly. And remember, don't leave the plane. I won't, Clint. I promise. But hurry back so we can get started for the bed again before anything else happens. <laughs> Before anything else happens, ah, turn off that shortwave set, Quan Wu. I've heard enough. Yes, master. So I failed again, thanks to Dr. Kingsley and his small daughter. Do you not think it would be best for us to leave this black past in the Nian Chang Tangla mountain range, master? That is something I must consider most carefully, Quan Wu. Perhaps it would be best to stay here and await the secret police. But we are in a bad place for a raid, master. There is only one escape for our planes. Should they be blocked, we would be helpless. True. But I know this black pass well. 
and I could hide my aviator so that when the police arrived, they would see no one. Then, possibly, they might attempt a landing, in which case uh, they would be captured and entirely at my mercy. I fear that you think too much of the secret police. Would it not be better to continue on to our headquarters and begin activities there? Let the police come if they will. They can be dealt with when their hour is upon them. It is for me to make the decision, Quan Wu. Yes, Master. It was merely a suggestion. To save your own skin, perhaps. If that were the case, I would have saved it long ago. But you would not have gotten far, Wu. Once a man serves me, there is only one way to freedom for him. I know. Ascension to the dragon. Death. And do not forget that. I never forget, Master. But the path is a hard one. This hut, crouched in a windy pass, is uncomfortable, unsafe. I will feel better when we are firmly established in our Tibetan headquarters. Why are you so uneasy lately, Wu? Do you doubt my uh, ability? No, Master, but a shadow came over me when I lost my lucky piece of jade. It was my stone of good fortune. Since then, things have gone wrong. Ah, superstition. Perhaps. But my ancestors believe in luck. And so do I. Master, do you not think we should have landed at Shanlu and shown our papers so that our presence in Tibet will not be questioned at any time? What? Land at the gateway between China and Tibet and declare ourselves so that the border police can tell Clint Barlow and the others that we have arrived? But our assumed name... Anyone traveling in a plane arouses curiosity. And in Tibet, a certain amount of suspicion... They would tell Barlow all about us. Do you think he will land there? Of course. Barlow is always correct. He does everything in the right way. But would it not be wise to notify our men at Dashan Lu that we have landed? I have already done that by shortwave radio. Do not fear, Kwan Mu. When Barlow and his friends land at the gateway to Tibet, they will find that even there the octopus has planned the most uh, unusual welcome for them. So, the octopus sent a dragon after you, kid. What next? Yeah, Barney. I almost fell for it. Wish I'd been here. I'd have wrapped that dragon around their necks. Oh, he was terrible looking, Barney. With rolling eyes and smoke coming out of his mouth and nose. And with the usual horrible noises accompanying such a dance. Weird music and gongs. Well, you were lucky, Doctor. Those dragon men must have been members of the octopus band, or in his pay at least. Anything might have happened, but I guess they couldn't pull anything too rough or someone might have noticed and come to your aid. Well, that's all over anyhow. How did you come out with Chang, Clint? Well, the captain is going to continue questioning him. And if they learn anything that might prove valuable to us, they'll let us know. Swell. Then we can get started on our flight again, huh? Uh, I don't think there's anything to stop us now. Do you, Bob? No, I'm all for taking off, Clint. All right. And I'll fly her this time, Barney. After your experience with Chang, you'd better take it easy for a while. Okay, fella. Where do we set down next? At Dash and Lou. Huh. Sounds like something to eat. <laughs> I think even you'd have trouble downing a valley with tremendous mountains rising on either side of it, Barney. Yeah, I... Uh... What do you mean, even mean? <laughs> <laughs> Dash and Lou. That name's familiar, Clint. Don't they call that the gateway to Tibet? Uh, from China, yes, Doctor. It's under nominal Chinese rule, but it is Tibetan in many things. 
Five main routes meet Daoshen Lu, and its population averages around, oh, 10,000, and consists of Chinese officials, Tibetan priests, and nomads of every race. Soldiers, traders, tribesmen. But at night, they say you can always hear the Tibetan prayer drums beating in the distance. Ooh, sounds like a spooky place, Clint. Will we stay there long? No, Jean, and Daoshen Lu isn't nearly as bad as it sounds. In fact, I think you'll find the place very interesting. While you, Speed, and your father are investigating its shops, I'll see that our papers are in order and also see if anyone has seen the octopus plane or any of the planes in his fleet. Have the secret police a station in Dashian Lu? Well, there's one man, Bob. It's a small station and sees little action from all reports. The main reason we keep it there is because five main routes do enter Dashian Lu. And if that valley is blocked, Anyone would have to do a lot of mountain climbing to enter either Tibet or China in that area. Well, let's stop talking about the place and fly there, huh? All right. Well, Speed, climb in, start the motors, while I see that everything else is set. Okay, Clint. Right away. That's it. And now, Dr. Kingsley, you and the rest will climb in. Certainly, Clint. That's it. Now, watch your step there. My, but I'm glad Clint said we could come along on this flight. I thought you were a little afraid, Jean. Well, I am sort of, Mr. Gilmore. But it's so exciting that sometimes I'm more excited than I am scared. (laughs) I guess that's the real definition of courage, Jean. The blocks are out from the wheels, Clint. Okay. Refuel, took on more water, and have plenty of provisions. Yes, that's all, Barney. Oh, uh, shut the door after you. Yeah. Uh, I'll go up to the pilot's compartment and take over the controls now. If there's anything you want to tell me, just send word up. Okay, Clint, I'll do that. <laughs> well, you look as if you're all set to take us off, Steve. Gee, I'd like you, Clint. Can I? Well, you're pretty well loaded, I don't know. Well, I've flown loaded ships before. Oh, please, Clint. I'll make the prettiest takeoff you ever saw. All right, okay, shoot. Oh, boy, here we go.
Here we go. Look who's here. Second half of the show. Yeah. Well, sometimes it's easier if you pull that little stupid head cover. I don't like that little cover that it has. Yeah. This thing. I just pull that off. Like it's for your plosives and your peas, but if you don't pop your peas very much, you won't. No, 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 no. You're not a pea popper. <laughs> no, I don't believe so. Maybe a little bit. When I do that. <laughs> All right, so here. I liked it a lot, man. I thought it was fun. Yeah. So we started on. Well, we went to we we started on twenty fourth, and then we well we started actually right up the block here from the uh, yeah. from the from the yeah. radio station, yeah. and then we went up to twenty fourth street. So we went up from twenty first to twenty fourth. Yeah. Uh, I think we walked. We, we, there used to be a modern times bookstore. There used to be, but they closed down. Now it's this knickknack store. Okay. Um, Yep. Um, what was that one across the street? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, what the hell is that one across the street you went to? We went to Alley Cat, and then the Alley Cat. Then we walked up to Phil's to get to look at the lending library. Yeah, but there was that one uh, Adobe Books. Adobe. Yeah. <clears throat> That's the one I forgot. Adobe. Adobe Books. Um, and then we walked up to like Mission the Valencia that we hit Borderlands. Yeah. I just got a coffee. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. With dog eared books. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, and like, so, and what you got out? You had uh, five books. I got five books for two dollars and fifty cents. <laughs> uh, so I just picked up a free book from Alley Cat Books, and then I went to Phil's and picked up a free book from the lending library. Yep. Um, I think I went to Adobe and picked up a couple books for like two dollars. Yeah, you picked up the uh, that Rhythm and oh, Blues book, the Nelson oh, George that, book. That was a good book. It's fucking good. I mean, look it up on any thing to look up about Dude, good yeah. fucking R&B books. That, yeah. That's the one that yeah. comes up. Yeah. Yeah. He was all about it. Good. 50 cents? Sounds good. I'll take it. Um, and the Rhythm and Blues is pretty cool because I have this book uh, by, uh, by college. James Collier, The History of Jazz. Yeah, okay. Oh, well, good. Yeah. So it's like, I got jazz and rhythm and blues, and I'm like, I'm going to be... It's like, a good foundation. It's a good foundation <laughs> for music. I don't know. But yeah, no, what else did I get? I got this uh, Harriet Tubman. Oh, you did? Robert Tubman. Oh, okay. I, just, I, I didn't see that. I, I confused it with Harriet Tubman. <laughs> I don't... Hey, they, they share... They, they, and they share a historical figure. And they share a last name. They, they, well, no, no, that's... But, but, no, one's... Oh, Tuckman. Oh, famous, gotcha. Famous historian, and I like history. Yeah. I don't know, my, gra- my, my aunt. We okay. Were on, we were on a cruise, and you know, I'm, I'm talking with my uncle. Yeah. And my aunt, I'm, I, I mean, disclaimer, because she kind of sort of has like, okay, I mean, she's kind of, she, she kind of grew up a ditz. Okay. She, she kind of grew up a ditz. And that's the the whole form. She's a she's a ditzy. Oh oh, she grew up a ditz. She grew up a ditz. <laughs> okay. She's a ditzy. And sorry, I'm just kind of because why, why is it my levels don't seem necessarily as big as I don't know. Okay, just making sure. Well, you shouldn't come up on there at all. 
Oh, but but you do? No, I come up here. See where these? See where these? I'm on the first or in the second? You're on. <laughs> you, we share all of that. Oh, okay. I'm just making sure. Okay, anyway. You see so, what I'm saying? Yeah, so recently my my aunt had a brain tumor. Yeah. So, she had to get, so we kind of think that, you know, whenever she has says something weird, it's just because of the brain tumor. Okay. Probably. Like, you know, I don't and know. age. Age does it and to you age. too. But then she's yeah. like, I'm talking with my uncle and we're like having a conversation and she's, she comes up and is like, <clears throat> do you, hey, oh, do you like history? Yeah. I, I hate history. <laughs> yeah that's like some right wing that, that's shit. the that's, that's the end of the conversation yeah. no 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 it's not right wing she's like she's very left wing and she's like no i mean that type it's of very thinking cool. that type of thinking of like do you but, like that uh, fuck you <laughs> yeah i know it was, oh, a, it was okay. a like she was like do you hate do you like history and i'm like yeah 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 i, I hate history okay okay all right well let's get back to the bus yeah <laughs> <coughs> we're like we're like walking around the uh yeah, yeah this was at the uh the uh, uh the alhambra you know the alhambra and the Jaralife. so this is like ancient moorish moorish palace <laughs> yeah and like conquered by the conquista by by reconquista yeah i hate history <laughs> hey man hey man i'm hey glad man. you came on this trip I'm, I'm glad we went to spain and like look at all this historical stuff <laughs> this wasn't a waste of money on you fuck no i i realize i realize that on a tour with elderly people the most important thing ever is every two hours to know where the bathroom, bathroom is every two hours it yeah. is and it's funny because if at some, shit, like for at some point minutes. at some point i started to take up their level of incontinence <laughs> and i'm like i'm like maybe i should go to the bathroom too like how some people when they go to foreign places they say shit like barcelona yeah or something like that they come back and they say barcelona <laughs> You're picking up hey, their, they're least, picking up their skin. At least I didn't, at least I didn't come back like wearing a Barca jersey. Full you, on. You already had those, didn't you? I have an Ar- <laughs> Arsenal jersey. It's London. Yeah, it's England. I knew you had jerseys going in. <laughs> but but I'm not going to switch out to like Spain just because I like spent a few days there. I was going to say, yeah, you didn't fucking switch up. That'd be like going to Chicago and suddenly being a fucking Bears fan just because you went there for six yeah. days or some shit. Yeah, it was, a, it was epic Chicago. Epic mm. vacation. I came back a Bears fan. Yeah. That would be amazing. Would oh, be, that would yeah. have to be a hell of a trip if you were a lifelong something else fan and then go somewhere and that fucking weekend was so wow. epic. Yeah, hey, I mean, if that cha- if that happens, then, that's gotta be a. F- that, that you have that's more of the story about like a conversion to another team. Doesn't sound like a like, movie. What, it's not like it should what, be a movie. What, what would convince you about a city? Like, I what's so know. great about city, Chicago or any, Detroit? Where any, you to like any town? I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna be a Lions fan from now on. Like you'd have to like they'd have to like save your life. Yeah. Like the lions would have to get every like yeah. die hard with lions. <laughs> they must Okay, here's the thing. In order for you to convert to another team, it has to have some some personal attachment. You can't be just like, like Well, maybe if you were hired by the team, then you would have to kind of change allegiances. No. No? No, because you'd be a life... You'd still be a diehard... Say you're a Dallas fan or whatever the fuck, but then right? you go you're a to Redskins fan. or yeah, something? It's because they hired you. Yeah. That I, don't mean shit. You can't, you can't just... Re- well, I mean, you, you can rock to, the jersey. And you'd t- have to root for the Redskins. Yeah. But that but that don't mean your heart don't it's lie just, somewhere it's else. It's almost like a mystical awakening, like a spiritual conversion to another team. It's, but it wouldn't... It would I've have seen to, the light. The Niners are the greatest. You'd have to... 
the, if, in our original scenario, that's what has to happen. But in the in the you're just hiring a motherfucker. Who cares? Like, sure. You can always have fucking. Sure. <laughs> I mean, shit. How many people probably worked for GM in the '80s and had uh, and wanted in like Toyotas uh, better or whatever the yeah, fuck? Yeah, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. You know, Hold you on. can have a split loyalty, but my fucking paycheck comes from here. I think there's a different. Well, even though I think they had a rule, I think especially for management that like. At least driving on that fucking lot, you better not drive up there with no motherfucking <laughs> anything but a oh, GM, yeah, but yeah, a yeah, fucking yeah, Pontiac, Oldsmobile. Yeah. That motherfucker better have yeah, a GM yeah, that's on something it. Something in that parking lot that's not that, that's related. <laughs> but I'm, I'm assuming if you were for GM, there are like a whole bunch of cars you could actually just go for. But you get them on the cheap Pontiac. anyway. You get them, yeah. That's what I'm saying. They had good old Pontiac. Where are those Pontiacs? Mo- they're out of business. They're out of business. Oh, okay. I was gonna I say. Know. <laughs> I know. Like I know. Years ago, Fifteen years ago. Sorry. Sorry. Pontiacs. Yeah, my mother. I never even had a Pontiac. My mother did. I, no, you know what? One of my first cars was a Pontiac. The, I mean, it, it just seemed like I, think it's I had like two a- Pontiacs. They were cool. The one, you know, the car that used to fucking scare me was a the Fiero because it rode so close to the ground. It looked like anything and everything could just smash that car at and isn't any moment. Isn't that kind of like a low rider sort of thing? No. The Fiero is like this tiny little zippy little sports car thingy majig. It's, it's, fuck. It's, it's like, it almost it, it weirdly sort of reminds me of like a cheap American Lambo sort of look. Like the look, like that door wedge sort mm. of look. <laughs> When they, Whoa! Yeah, he's looking at a Fiero. No, no, I'm looking. Oh. At, I'm just looking at. I'm looking at the history of GM. But let me see. Well, Fiat. see, this I didn't know. The I Pontiac don't know. Fiero. Whoa, that is a that is a car from the '80s. Yeah, you know, the '80s cars were very boxy. Yeah, I don't. I, 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 said, I remember that. Well, what is what is what was with that? I mean, mm-hmm. they were boxy cars. Why? Shit, I mean, I compared to like you know the curvature of like I guess like even seventies. I always sharp, talk about like the idea sharp. like if you if if the idea it, it sounds like it comes from cubicles and shit and then like the is that was that the I guess because I'm thinking is that the zeitgeist that's like what I'm the thinking eighties or like very yuppie kind of yeah, like, so I'm thinking I'm thinking cubicles and shit. Wow. There was a lot of squared yeah. off shit. If yeah, you think yeah, about yeah. it, the word fiero means very proud in Italian. <laughs> it means very dumb. And wild, fierce, and ferocious <laughs> is Spanish. Alternatives? Cheap. Alternative names? Cheap. Or sprint? Die. The Pontiac Sprint. The P3000. The crushed to death. The Pegasus. They stepped on by its teenager. Fiamma. The fuck off. <laughs> and the Sunfire, which would be a later car. The Fiero one was on Car and Driver's 10 best list. <gasps> when? 1982? 84. Close. <laughs> Wait, it was the official pace car for the Indy 500. When? 84? Yeah. <laughs> 84 it, was a good year for the fucking when it Fiero. Came out, man. That's when it first. Is that, that the year? That's his year's first product. Year gotcha. No wonder I remember it so well. Was it was good. available in red, white. Oh, yeah. I remember red Fieros were all about the both. I figure Fiero and red. Yeah. And black. You'd see a lot of black. But shit, it's in white, too, isn't it? In white. Yeah. Red, black, and white. Just yeah. like those goddamn Air Jordans. Right? From 86 or something? Oh, man. Okay. Red. Now we're talking. I don't know, because... Red, black, and white. If those. you're thinking... Uh, well, GM was a Detroit car. Yeah, but it's still... Doesn't that signal that sort of like speed and fucking 
dynamic fucking sensibility. Eighty forty eighty. Michael Jordan won what eighty eight to eighty ninety? I know he's around in like eighty six. Yeah, I know, but he didn't win until like eighty eight, eighty nine. Well, like win a championship, probably. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 No, 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 like, like eighty nine. Like nine. No, he didn't win until like ninety three, ninety four. No, it was like ninety or ni- No, he won right after the Pistons. He won right after the Pistons had in their back to back, and that's like so, is that ninety one, ninety two, or ninety two, ninety three? I think it's ninety one, ninety. I think it's up. ninety to ninety two season. It was their back to backs? Because I used to have those t shirts. They won two three peats. <clears throat> Who the Bulls? Yeah, yeah. I was talking about the Pistons. Oh, I was saying talking what, about because we're talking about the Chicago colors of the Fiero. No, you're talking about the Chicago colors of his shoes. I'm talking about the Detroit colors. Of yeah, that but Fiero. you were saying the red, white, and black of the. I just Fiero meant those Max. colors in like how this fucking room right here has red, white, and black in you it. You think Michael Jordan wrote or f- bought had a Fiero? I don't think that fuck could fit in a Fiero. Nah, uh, you, you you jive and stop that. You seen a Fiero, motherfucker? You could Michael fit, Jordan in the Fiero? You could fit a Fiero between these desks. <clears throat> between me and you, you could probably fit a Fiero and a half. Hidden headlamps. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Dude, the Fiero was garbage. At the time, its reputation suffered from criticisms of huh. performance, reliability, hmm. and safety issues. They were always in the shop. And I'm telling you, like, it, it's it's like... I would almost say like riding in a wheelchair, but a wheelchair is higher than a fucking Fiero. You have to like get down to get in a Fiero. <laughs> oh, I got a bad back. That would just be terrible. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That they're would just be terrible. They're horrifying cars, man. Like every time you get out of that thing, it was literally, you had to like get up, get around. Like if children would make that noise. Oh, God. <laughs> even children would have found hey found man if that fucker came out in 84 i was a kid when that came out goddamn <laughs> i was making that noise getting out of that car <laughs> you get to swing your legs and shit what the fuck is going on i'm trying to figure out what was so wrong about this thing it just it sits so low i'm telling you you it just feels so you feel unsafe you feel like you're a victim like you're about to get brutalized on the road mm. look at it like next to another car is it <laughs> put it in it looks like an ugly car okay oh it's just, ugly too i'm just saying it's an ugly car that, even for an 80s car yo it's brutal even for an 80s car oh my god yeah it's got that pintos type status oh just, god that looks that looks so, yeah baby that looks, <laughs> that looks so 80s <laughs> That looks so 80s. Oh. That, thing, that thing looked like it came out of like a cabbage patch. That thing looks like it came out of fucking uh, Huey. Uh, what's it? Huey, Huey Lewis. Lewis's album. Came out of Huey Lewis. He was dry. I, I, oh, I guarantee for sure you. Huey Lewis had a Fiero. Fucking A, right? Huey Lewis had a Fiero. I bet you Huey Lewis got a free Fiero. Call it now if you had a Fiero. <laughs> yeah, 550-0511. Did you have a Pontiac Fiero? We want to know your story. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> what did you do to your Fiero? <laughs> Nothing, baby. That thing is pristine. You oh, do wow. not fuck with it. You Look think- at that baby, man. That's a fucking gorgeous car. <laughs> That's a gorgeous automobile, man. You do not fuck with that thing. Wait, was the the Pontiac Fiero? Have a CD, get a fucking get the tape deck rocking. The Fiero's just fucking knocking down the street, knocking it right too, because that engine would go on you. Ting 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 ting. Pontiac Mara. 
You could eat. Oh, only 88 of these were considered. Were, were like. Which ones? Pontiac Mara. I never heard of that. I don't know a Mara. Oh, yeah, I've seen those. See, my, my mom used to work for. Both my parents used to work for GM. And my mother used to work for the Panel Channel, their newspaper mm-hmm. thing. She was she ran the motherfucker, her and this mm-hmm. other dude. And every year we'd go to the. Um, the Detroit car shows, auto shows. Yeah. And I would take all the photos for them. So I would see just all the little... Oh, this, diff- was, this was the 1990 prototype that was never made. There you made. go. There this you is the go. last one that was never produced. Yeah, I've probably seen them. I saw them for years. It's not bad. See, 1990s, when you got in the 1990s, then you started getting Toyota Supra. Still the, garbage uh, looking cars, man. Mid 90s. Personally, mid-90s, I don't think cars right now that look mid-90s, too gorgeous. Mid 90s race rice rockets were, were the badass, were the shit. I'm sorry. It's just because of my culture. Yeah. It's my people. You see a good, you see a, a, a badass Toyota Supra, which you actually can't I, see anymore. Yeah, they're but gone. Look, those were they were made. To I've like, seen, I've seen all those cars. <laughs> like if they were around, they're looking than a Fiero. Uh, yeah, because Fieros are gross. I told you. I, I walked in here saying Fieros are right and they're gross. <laughs> You're not going to tell me. <laughs> I'm assuming it looks better than a Fiero. The Toyota Supra. Let me. I'm sure you pull up a picture of just a regular Supra. You look at everything else on that phone. Yeah, that's a crappy ass Celica Supra. I'm talking about like just show me just a picture, just any of them, any just a regular picture of a Supra, because I'm not gonna look it up because I'm looking at the American Booksellers Association. Mm-hmm. They said the number of independent bookstores fell by approximately forty percent between the mid '90s and 2009. Forty percent. Oh yeah, I know those guys. Yeah, yeah. Toyota Supras. Yeah. Well, at least they're more rounded. Yeah, I like They got back more into roundedness, but even that that looks more like a lady. But the idea that cars stopped looking like ladies in the 80s, they got more like bodybuilder chicks in the 80s. <laughs> and yeah. nowadays they don't even look like women. They just look like monsters. Maybe they maybe that's what they think women are now, monsters. Cuz if you take what they if if you take what the cars This really took a turn. No, if you think of like the psychology of the guy who makes the car and the woman that he's attracted to, I assume the psychology of that man. And if you think that a woman is like a luxurious thing and all that shit, you think of the 50s so and 60s think, cars. What do you think Lee Iacocco was fantasized about? B- bodybuilder bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't really. I mean, that was that was one of the answers I would have thought of. I was like, "You're in the whole body. You're still stuck in the bodybuilding thing." Yeah. Well, I was, I was thinking about- to give you a way out with Lee Iacocca. No, 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 no. no, no you no, like no. bodybuilding? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? Actually, by the time he got into like that '80s era, he was so out of the loop as far as like making the cars and designing the cars. I'm he, a- was, he was known for making the Mustang. You can't say. Yeah, that that's was- the Mustang in the '60s. I'm talking about by the time he got to the '80s, his personal involvement of the day-to-day designing of cars is so far removed from what he does that he. I'm assuming he just defers to his fucking car designers as well. This is what the people are buying this year, and just says okay. You know what I mean? It's not like he's putting his hand in like uh, the Shelby or some shit. You know what I mean? So he was responsible for both the Mustang and the Pinto. There you go. That's two ends of a fucking. That's like you know you you were nominated for both uh, both uh, an Oscar and a Razzie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was that, was that uh, Halle Berry one year? Didn't she get? Wasn't that like Monsters Ball? Or like and yeah, Cat I'm pretty Woman? sure Monsters I'm, Ball and Catwoman. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. And didn't she? I think I think she went to pick it up too and was like, 
she actually went to get it like one of the rare instances or like they sent it to her and she sent a message like hey guys you know it's fucking cool whatever the fuck like she actually took it with a minimum of like decency yeah because she won an oscar for yeah Masters Ball yeah <laughs> yeah i'll take this award it's cool yeah all right sounds take- good free swag yeah <laughs> free swag She's i'll carry the swag. i carry my oscar got that in my Razzie bag swag. <laughs> Hey, I'm sure they got some swag in the Razzies. They gotta have something. You know they do. You, you know what? Like, there's a reason for you to be there to get like a really bad award. What's really funny? When I was a kid growing up, I used to have those two books, the Golden Turkey Awards, by like Mike Medved or whatever the fuck, who ended up making that uh, the uh, Razzies, the Raspberry Awards, Razzies. the Golden Raspberry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Razz. <laughs> when I hear Razzies, they still good. They still have them, right? Fuck yeah. There's just like the the like uh, annual things like um, uh, the Darwin Awards are still around, <laughs> you know. It's really weird when I hear shit like that from from my perspective ages ago. That's still popping around. Like Lee Iacocca's real name, Lido. <laughs> Isn't that a song? It's like a deck on a ship. The Lido deck, yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's why you thought, because you were just on a ship? <laughs> no, but I'm no, they just Lido Anthony Lee Iacocca, Lido. He's named after a boat deck. There you go, man. Cool. No, he, he was said to have been Christian with the unusual name Lido because he was conceived on the deck during of his boat. parents' honeymoon in the Lido district in Venice. However, he denied this rumor in his autobiography, saying that it's romantic but not true. They fucked on the Lido deck. <laughs> his father went to Lido long before his marriage and was traveling with his future wife's brother. No. I don't know. Maybe they were. They did it on the Lido. Maybe they did. They, then they found that there was a town in Italy called Lido, and they were like, fuck it. <clears throat> yeah, Coca's all right. He's a cool dude. So, but, okay, I guess the Mustang very squarish. Is that what he's looking for? He's looking for square women? No, Mustangs. I told you. I was, I was specifically speaking about his 80s output. I'm not talking oh, okay. about his Mustang gang. Morgan Chrysler. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that Pinto shit. Ugh. Unsafe oh, well, at any Chrysler. speed. <laughs> oh, well, Chrysler. Chry- are they gone, too? Chrysler's gone, isn't it? Fuck yeah. I think all of them are basically Chrysler right. Chrysler filed for bankruptcy. Because old, is Oldmobile gone too? Because like the Lincoln's yeah. gone, right? Oh yeah, all the GM stuff are gone. That's a bummer, man. Except for Dodge, I think Dodge is still around. Right? <laughs> yeah, for sure, they sell those shithead trucks. <clears throat> Doesn't Hold it? on, Chrysler um, trading trades under Fiat Chrysler. So it was oh Fiat, but bought out by Fiat. <laughs> um, FCA is uh, yeah Fiat Chrysler. That's always weird to me when, like, companies name shit like Fiat, like Fiat Currency. You know what I mean? It's like, what? Why Why do you call your car company Fiat? I know. They own Jeep. That's it's, well, it's like, yeah, you know, it's really funny. I, I still think that's funny that the word, the name Jeep is from, like, Beetle Bailey. <laughs> like, what the fuck? It was first in the yeah. Beetle Bailey comics, the name Jeep, to call yeah. that, like, armored uh you know, whatever vehicle for traveling for off road or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Yeah. The Willis MB or the Ford GPW, both formerly called the U.S. Army truck, quarter ton, four by four, command recon, commonly known as Jeep. Yeah, from Beetle Bailey. Let's <laughs> no- see where it says Beetle Bailey on this freaking. Like, <laughs> I love that I get fact checked by my man all the time. <laughs> but I love that I know it so well that I'm not even worried about even it. Your Beetle Bailey bullshit. You know, there's a statue of him. 
of Beetle Bailey. Mm-hmm. It's like on some college campus, I think, that he went to, like it's in Wisconsin. Okay, you're the one who's kind of talking about Beetle Bailey's... Um, I just brought up the Jeep thing, and you. I just left out, you just zoomed right in, is he fucking wrong? <laughs> I don't know. I do. The uniforms of Beetle Bailey are still the uniforms of the late 40s and early 70s Army with the fatigues, baseball cap, and the open Jeep. The open Jeep. Coink. Mm. 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 Goofball hat. Sergeant Snorkel. I don't know any of their names except for Beetle Bailey and his little crunky hat. I think it's a cute drawing, though. Oh, the Sergeant. It's really... <clears throat> <laughs> here's a weird side note but if you actually look at a beetle bailey strip or any of them they're drawn really efficiently and smoothly and they he gets like a maximum effect from the minimum amount of lines that he's actually drawn on that page and it's really sort of amazing he gets like a, a amazing amount of dramatic effect over just a couple of s- scratches on paper i think that's the thing with great comic book Artists, they cartoon cartoonists. They mm-hmm. can really use the panel. Char- Charles Schultz is really good at that. Yeah, Bill Watterson. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill Watterson. Yeah, Bill Watterson probably the one of the greatest cartoonists of all time. Yeah, isn't it weird? People I mean, will never. Th- people you, will never know about Calvin and Hobbes. Oh, yo, B, did you see the fucking? There's an amazing Calvin and Hobbes that somebody drew for uh it just went up like three days ago on mission street Mm. it's this it's all of this wall there and it's this gorgeous hobbs laying on his belly from this guy who died it's like in memoriam and there's a hobbs and they're just sitting there just reading a book and it's like live have a like live the good life live a good life or whatever enjoy yourself yeah 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 and it's so fucking gorgeous man like every time i walk past before you go like today if you zoom down it's literally it's right over there on mission it's like i think it's between say like 18th and 19th and mission Mm. And just check it out. It'll be it's it's on the opposite side of the check cash and places and shit. It's like it's on the other oh, side. Oh snap! Yeah, there is on Amazon Prime. There is a um, um a documentary on Calvin and Hobbes. Oh yeah, I'm totally Yo. watching that. Totally watching that. I went to my oh, fuck. <sighs> I went when last time I was at Mission Comics. They had the complete Calvin and Hobbes fucking box set book for like 40 bucks and the thing was like this fucking thick dude 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 yeah i almost yeah. bought it i just didn't have the cash on me at I the just, time uh, i just uh i mean i used to buy all the books so i'm like i don't even know what i would need and they had the far side they had another one somebody did the far side like that too and it's mm. really cool too so anyway uh, whatever scientific progress goes boink hmm that's the the title's oh oh Attack oh oh the dream, oh, oh. Killer <laughs> got you on a yeah. Wasn't that the cat. worst fucking thing when, like, people, like, whoever bootlegged had fucking Calvin and started doing that to piss on other cars? Like, wasn't the decal? that. Yeah, what the fuck? The Calvin decal? Yeah. Yeah. That, there's no that, way that that dude sold that Calvin, de- you know, image yeah. for use for that bullshit. There's no fucking way. No. Because I remember back in the day, it was like, this is some bootleg shit. What is this shit? Yeah, no, no, no. It's, it's I mean, it's probably boot, it's probably a copyright infringement for sure. Cause but it, the thing is that it's. I think what Bill Watterson would have said is that it doesn't matter. No, yeah, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah, he, he made so much. He made so much from like the Calvin Hobbes the strips because it was 
syndicated everywhere. And back in the day, that's when syndication made money. Everyone was like, Calvin Hobbes was like front page Sunday Sunday. It's like peanuts. Sunday cartoons, like you could, he could take like some of his stuff. He could take an entire page, Mm -hmm. and he could make an entire page out of a Sunday comic. Yeah, there you go. You don't have those anymore. No, but I mean, Calvin and Hobbes, those characters. You don't have those. I, I'll read. I'll read some of the old old Calvin and Hobbes man. They're fucking funny. Oh, they're gorgeous. They're, they're, they're really fucking funny as hell. They're funnier now <laughs> than they were back. Well, probably because you're older now and you get the jokes probably harder. You know yeah, what I mean than you would like when you were little kid. Is like wow, insightful yet completely like they're they're fucking legit. They're super funny, and I I feel bad. I, you know what? I might I might actually check up uh, over there on my way home today and see if that box set is still there because if it is I might actually get that that big fucking set because that it was gorgeous. Dude, Calvin, uh, another book that I liked growing up was the Phantom Tollbooth. You read Phantom Tollbooth? No, I don't think I ever did. I've heard of it. I never read it. Oh, you gotta read that, man. Yeah, I'll check it out. It. It's fucking sick because it's like you know it's a guy who was like Milo who's bored and then he gets a package. He goes to the Phantom Tollbooth. Yeah, I've heard of it. Where yeah. he, literally, he goes literally through all these like the doldrums. Okay. Uh, like the doldrums. Okay, and, yeah. Like yeah. He, he goes into and he tries to save the, the save the kingdom. From okay, like, you know it's. Um, I check yeah. it out. King Aziz, which is like the the the, the king of um, Dictionopolis, <laughs> and then his brother, the math magician. Oh, okay. Uh, the, okay. The, 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 That's where the, that came the, from because I've heard the, of math magician. The ruler of Digitopolis. So, <laughs> so, and he's okay. supposed to in his his whole thing. He's the number dude. He's supposed to save <laughs> rhyme and reason. Princesses <laughs> rhyme and reason. Yeah, yeah, it's actually kind of cool because that is cool. Everything's all like literary allegory and stuff. Yeah, this yeah. is this is so stupid. Uh-huh. This article. Sorry, are you? I was just I was just trying to finish out that small uh, bookstores article. We were talking about bookstores, and I just why? What, see. So why are they booming? They're blaming it on localism. The idea that people are liking to spend money in local shops, which I would have said as what a small business Saturday. That's that's what I just found out. I didn't know our Saturday we went. Was that last Saturday or was that next Saturday? No, every I mean a Saturday after like Cyber like Black Black Friday. I didn't know that's what that was. Cyber Monday. I didn't know about small business Saturday. Me neither. But it became a new thing after Cyber Monday. Gotcha. Yeah. Because that's what I was when we. But I don't out, think it should have any change simply because you, you take one day out of the year to support small businesses. That's bullshit. Believe me, as an ex-small business owner, I know sitting around that store for hours. Because, I think it's simply because they're they've consolidated and they're they're they they appeal to the local <clears throat> local flavor, but it's also appealing to the sense yeah. where, you know, you may want to actually just go buy a book instead of going to Amazon. Well, not just that. Or use book. There's not just that. I think. Like I said, as a dude that used to do this shit, I think there's a few things. One, it's just human to like to just like sort of browse, <clears throat> yeah, of, yeah, and just take new information mm. in without like just ticket it in, like at a library or something, where you just sort of if you just kind of scan the books, yeah, without any sort of any navigator. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's I the, think, the well, joy also, of discovery. I thought. I also, I think the bookstores are, are they're more sad. They're savvier in terms of targeting their audience. Absolutely, they're, they're not necessarily just like selling every freaking book out there. Yeah. So yeah, it's so which means you generally have like experts on staff. Yeah, and they're they're the ones who are like. I mean, I'll look for certain books, but I know that if I go to those bookstores, I probably won't find those books because they don't carry them. Absolutely. They just don't carry those. Yeah. Um. You know. 
I mean, I mean, if you want, you go Green Green Apple has the largest selection of any bookstore in the city. Yeah, you, that, I, I they have help. two. I mean, there's even they they were so large they expanded into uh, into Irving. Shit, I didn't know that. So there's like yeah, Green Apple by the Green Apple mm. Books by the Park. Wow. So they have this old, but those are mostly like new books. But it's because they're like, you know, they're the largest bookstore, like used bookstore in the city. So Damn. they're able to like basically buy out everybody. Else, yeah. The other ones. And I mean, we were talking about that. The ones in the Tenderloin. Oh yes. Yeah. I mean, there's no, there's no other bookstores in the. There's no bookstores in the Tenderloin. That's crazy. There's no bookstores. Period. Well, I mean, if you think about it, like I think the book the bookstore. I mean, I used to remember like Crown Books. Brentano's, I was trying to think if there was something and maybe like Brentano's and like and Borders and like all these. Oh yeah, but that, that's what I was gonna jump into. I think part of that, <clears throat> the weirdness. The weird, like, uh, externality or whatever the fuck mm. of Amazon yeah. knocking out Barnes & Noble and is the resurgence of the smaller yeah. store, which yeah. always stayed in the pocket and had that smaller sure. audience, but just yeah. they were loyal as fuck. Yeah, and the thing about Barnes & Noble, the only way they could survive was through their nook. Yeah, that, that's the only thing that that kept that keep them going, and them selling those fucking CDs and yeah. just that and the just the, and the, the funny, volume. And, and the funny thing is that books aren't the aren't the thing. Like paperback, like paperback yeah. books are the one thing that would actually ruin a business like Barnes and Noble. Yeah, yeah, the um, overhead of just the in, the, inventory, the inventory overhead, just the inventory. Yeah, yeah, just would fuck them off, and and then always trying mm. to have to like. Uh, order like whatever newest shit their turnover all that shit must have been a fucking nightmare i mean when but i mean i think when those when those uh, i remember one of the ceos was like oh yeah amazon's a piece of shit they're not gonna do anything (laughs) because here's the thing it's because they thought they have this empire you know they don't believe in disruptions they don't believe in this disruptive business like amazon and the internet they didn't believe in that stuff i believed in it like you know hey if you're like borders or Brentano's, or or. But it's so. It, or the to some idea, extent, Barnes and Noble, like you know, you're, it's cr- it's you're, it's you're a crazy that they went out of business. If you think about it, because they had every leg up in their Borders in their field. Was, Borders was huge, man. But they got undercut by well, first off some real corrupt fucking lawmaking. But let's <sighs> go past that and let's say, all right, fine, because Amazon having the books. It doesn't matter to fuck to them because they can make their money in housewares or whatever the fuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> right? It doesn't. Yeah. It, when that's your sole income is the books and the coffees and the CDs, you know, you're limited to what can offset sure. your prices in one sure. area. Where you can. Well, make, Amazon first started out as a bookseller. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, then, then it expanded to include a bunch of other stuff. But it Well, they started, started as a bookseller sort of because they wanted to compete with Google's don't be evil ass. Remember when Google wanted to. What? What they want to put every book ever made on the internet basically PDF fucking scan everything? Wow, remember that back in the day? Like, I, I mean, I know when Google know, was don't be Google, evil days. Just know, don't be evil. Man. I know, I know. Google do, don't be don't do evil. Yeah, yeah I know. And then you, know. you knew that was horseshit the minute they say that shit. That's a corporate logo. Yeah, you. That's how you know it's horseshit. The minute they see that bullshit, don't be evil. Well, guess what they're gonna do? <laughs> Are you talking to us or what? Yeah, it's like build the wall, build the fence to keep them out. Or does that mean like keep me in here? Because I don't want to be. <laughs> I don't like any of that what the shit. Hell is going on? But they said, um, let's see. 
customers are increasingly spending in local stores, which is probably, um, like I was saying before, just those low, I bet you anything, those regular people that were always shopping there, plus the people who used to shop at Barnes and Noble, who just found out at some point that, oh, we do have a local bookstore. And those people are now in that store as well. That's what I, if I had to guess the two, like kind of communities that fucking made that thing what it is. Ooh, a fairy collided. Had a fairy collision on the dock. Collided with a building. Number of independent bookstores fell by approximately forty percent. Yeah, that's what I said before. Half, yeah. Mm Mhm. Yeah, that was the brutal part. That's like it's like when watching video stores get fucking crushed. Yeah. See, it's curating, like basically engaging your community, knowing what people want. And sometimes, like you go to Amazon, you don't know what you want. It's such a plethora. You might as well just go to a bookstore where you have, where you kind of, cl- where everything's by a genre. Yeah. Hey, we have a caller. No, yeah, I have, that that was uh, uh Gail. I know Gail. Does she drive a Fiero? Yeah, let's find out if Gail's driving a Fiero today. Let me see. What that is. <clears throat> no, they're, they're not there. All right, whatever. But um, oh, I, I was just gonna say about the. Uh, those businesses closing, it's it's really kind of see what's fucked up about it to me is like it it's it's such like everything about like the way that every all this shit is like constructed is so short sighted. It's you know it's like don't worry about the community that which you're serving or whatever. Just like as long as like it's like when Amazon's trying to move into New York, right? And all these people have been mm. on strike all across Europe today, mm. or, and, or and Black Friday, yeah, because of their shitty working conditions and shit. And like the idea that, um, like that's supposed to be good for New York, as opposed to using similar money that you know the government can print all at once. <laughs> they they could make the same sort of. I know this whole idea of if if a huge corporation sets up its new it sets up a headquarters in a big place, it's a big deal because there's a lot of jobs and stuff, and there's a lot of politics. In that. But it's not true because <clears throat> most of those like the high paying jobs are going to be people that they bring in from their staff from other places so into that problem? neighborhood. So what's the big deal with New York and like oh man we're going to bring Cam- California and Washington over to New York? No, they're not, though. They're just bringing... See, the idea that they're bringing jobs. They're not bringing... Well, they're just transplanting jobs from here to there, which is just going to bring up their property rates. It hasn't brought a single job yet to anybody who was already there, which I thought was the whole point of this operation. So this is all politics. And then these motherfuckers aren't going to pay taxes on any of their rents that they're going to... You know what I mean? They're going to get tax breaks and all this other bullshit. It's like, what are we doing this for? It's like getting it... they're, They're doing it like buying a new stadium for your city. This is capitalism, man. Yeah, it stinks. Yeah, we made it this way. No, I didn't. That's why I hate when people say we and shit. I don't, we, my ass. We, we voted for Trump. No, we didn't. What? They did. I didn't vote for oh. shit. <laughs> we. We I elected We elected Trump. How about that? America elected Trump, yes. America elected Trump. Yeah, I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> I still can't believe we elected that motherfucker. I do. I absolutely can. You can. I was. I'm really surprised he didn't win by more. You mean? You I'm mean, being from Michigan, man. I grew up with all those assholes, man. Like all those militia fucks. I grew up with all those assholes. Yeah, 
for sure just straight racists and shit they don't give a fuck it's i i get it those people in the woods i know all them dudes i lived out in them woods it's fucked up man you lived out in the woods with racists yeah not with them but around them yeah it's fucked up man it's crazy but you know i i absolutely get why that fucking guy won that's <laughs> i just didn't think that there were that many people out there oh please there's whole fucking states and like not yeah, just, I know. but I know. not just that but like georgia what's really creepy is or georgia <laughs> <laughs> you could just go through indiana mississippi uh, that that kemp guy okay when you're the secretary of state in charge of voting and then you rig the voting so that you're i mean come on man i mean that happened that that's happened. why you like that's why i like your concession speech yeah, well, I guess the rules say that I on, can't continue man. to fight. But look the who made say the rules. That I'm in charge of the voting and I'm running for, for. Well, that's what the fuck they did in Florida. Remember with the 2000? The bitch, like, how do they do that? How is it like, don't you think that's a conflict? Because they made it legal. Don't you think that's a conflict of interest? They do. They don't give a fuck. That's the difference. They don't, they don't give a fuck. Yeah. Interest. They, they don't, don't care. If they man. did, they wouldn't do the shit, would they? We don't they? care about that, man. If they did, they wouldn't give a... They would do something, wouldn't they? Oh, wait. I guess they don't give a fuck. No, no, they don't. <laughs> right? It's like anything, right? Mm-hmm. If, if you had a flat tire on your car and you never changed it and you just rode on the rim, you would obviously say, well, obviously, that person doesn't give a fuck. No. Because he, he, you figured they would have done something about it six yeah. weeks later. Yeah. <laughs> right? Just seems simple to me seems like chicken tonight <laughs> they still make that bullshit i bet you they do i wonder if they still make i bet you anything they still make that horse shit i feel like chicken tonight like chicken tonight <clears throat> isn't that that's crazy too huh the idea that the, <laughs> yep still around god damn it why are there people who think they're gonna take our guns why do they? Because they're paranoid. <laughs> they're not a hundred percent wrong, but they're this certainly guy's wrong. Twitter account, ultra conservative. Yeah, his 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 logo is a bald eagle with eagle with a flag in the background. Yeah, that's as you know, nationalist. Like, I'm surprised. Does he have a link to Stormfront? I wouldn't be surprised if that's on there. I remember all those fuckers from the '90s. Stormfront, fuck off. You some, know what's really funny about white nationalists? Background checks and give the government too much power. If the, I'm going to try to talk this in a southern accent for some reason. Why do I think that whenever there's a, a, a far right nationalist that he's, he is a better draw? I don't know why. Uh, so I think they would know, but I don't, but I kind of get it. I don't agree with it, but I can get why some people fear it. it's a long debate and will take a while to fix. <laughs> sure. They're not going to get your guns. No, they don't even want to. That's the thing. Nobody we just wants want you to. Pre- we just we don't. We're not gonna take the guns you have. We just want you to prevent from getting assault like high power assault rifles now, so that you don't necessarily shoot people. There's like okay, well you want to defend yourself. Are you gonna defend yourself with a gun or a rocket launcher? <laughs> Why would you need a rocket launcher to defend yourself for sport? I saw, I've seen this. There's like a like a basketball player. <laughs> Who has a rocket launcher in his house? There you go. Damn, son! I know you could buy that. I know you can get it at a at a gun store at a gun shop, or you can order it with background. But why would you want a rocket launcher? Why do you need a rocket launcher? 
Oh, you can't those fire are two. That. Those are two completely different you questions. You cannot fire that thing anywhere. Those are two completely different questions. Why would you want one, and then why would you need one? <laughs> I could want a That's rocket true. launcher for a hundred different true. reasons, <laughs> but I don't need a rocket launcher for any yeah. fucking reason. <laughs> I grew up with GoldenEye. All you need is a PP PPK. Or PP, yeah, that's all you need. Is a Glock. Just slap the shit or out slap of that shit. <laughs> or, or you are short as top hats. Oh yeah. And you can just crawl and just like hit people in the hit, hit people in the balls. <laughs> but the thing is, I th- I think you people are just um, people are just afraid. What's up, man? Yeah, I get, I get you ready for one year. So, so it's the thing, like, if you're, if you're into guns, I get it. Okay. I know people who are into guns. I mean, if I had a gun, which I don't, I'd probably be into it. But it's like, I'm not going to be like, hey, let me go check out, like, you know, that grenade launcher. That sounds yeah, like a great I, idea. I didn't mind fucking, I look like Boy Scouts. I grew up in Michigan. I like amendment. shooting. Second Shooting's fun. Says, you know, in times of, That's like... For militias. And if you need a militia, yeah, you have a right to de- de- to to bear arms. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you have a right to just basically make any fucking ass weapon you want. Well, no, it, it it's it's so stupid. I'm not even gonna get into a fucking Second Amendment. I'm not gonna thing. get into that because. But I will mention. Like, I'm gonna try to get my arquebuses and uh, <laughs> yeah, and flintlocks. Your flintlocks are our Second Amendment protected. So get your flintlock rifles. Well, they are protected by the Second Amendment. I, I understand why they why they sort of did it. You know, it's like it is supposed to like fight against a tyrannical government of a sort. But it's, it's tyrannical government that but, that so that militarized that had a military wing and would actually arm the but military. But they didn't even when the military was the only one that was armed and they had a power to court. So a lot of these things are 18th century stuff yeah. that we do away with because. Oh, Third Amendment quartering of soldiers. When is the last time you have seen a military come into your house and say we are commandeering your house? Yeah. That has never happened. Of course, it's a Third Amendment protection, but who the fuck knows about the Third (laughs) Amendment because we don't have any military coming in and, like, that would be in part of the Second Amendment. Second Amendment is the military is coming in, taking over your stuff. You have a right to bear arms and defend yourself. Yes. The British are coming. They're not coming anymore. (laughs) Nope. Second and Third Amendments were actually supposed to be tied in together. We forget about that, huh? We, we, we forget about that. Weirdly, the British... Military gone, let's buy more guns. Yep. All right. And on that note, let's close it out. I'll say bookstore crawl. If you guys like, you know, you guys can do that yourselves. You do it every Saturday. You know what? Or Sunday. Or Sunday. Yeah, do it today. It's a gorgeous day out. In fact, I thought it was going to rain today, and I wore my dumb little slicker, and it turned out to be really nice. Yeah, it's yeah. still a little chilly out, but it's still fucking nice. Yeah. Go ahead. Support your book, your bookstores, your local for stores. Sure. And you know what? Always keep an eye out for your libraries, because um, most libraries have, at some point in the year, like a book sale or a book fair, and they'll yeah, give out free this books. this time, or, November, December, you always have the, the library has a yeah. big book sale, so always look out for those i think it's something to do with taxes or something like october 1st no it's like inventory tax man it's inventory oh inventory turnover oh yeah they got to turn over all that inventory there you go because people donate books well that's why i think that's why i think it's a tax are, time because i want 
by donating it. Well, like, I don't know what books the libraries don't take. I mean, there are, there are books that libraries don't take, obviously. Yeah. But after they sift through all that stuff, what are the what are the books that they don't want? Oh, I've seen them in the fucking garbage can at the back of the Richmond Public oh, you Library. See, you, you see the big book sale. They have like a ton of books. <laughs> you ever see the ones? Like, just, just the dumpster. There was a... Like, yeah. Every month, I just... just Because, you know, up. you want to learn Windows 3.1. Yeah, <laughs> but here's the fucked up part. There's still, I mean, I don't. Know. It's a fucked up part about informational. That's not bad information. In fact, it could be useful for what? somebody thirty years down the line who's trying to learn when how to run the catastrophe. Operation. And the only thing left is floppies and Windows and Windows three point one. We well, have to start over again with Windows three. Libraries will be so fucking valuable. People will be. We would have destroyed all the libraries. Nah, we probably would. Yeah, we would have destroyed all the libraries. Yeah. We would have burned all the books. <laughs> That's a shame. Wow, we're 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 heading into dystopia, people. Nah. But until then, you should go into your bookstores. <laughs> yeah, all of them too. That means comic book stores. That means libraries. Yeah, go into somebody's house, commandeer their stuff, and saying we're taking yeah, your library. That's not a bookstore. <laughs> it's a lending library. It's certainly not a lending library. It's a, it's a lending library as a Uber is a taxi Socialist cab. lending library. <laughs> like an Uber is a taxi. <laughs> The day I let a motherfucker ride in my car that I don't know is the day I stop owning that car, bro. Because that is bullshit. Yeah, it was because you put that Uber ta- logo around. Oh, that's like just put a scarlet letter yeah, on yourself. Lyft used to have the freaking like mustache. Yeah. Yeah, they don't use that anymore. Oh, why not? <laughs> and with that, we'll uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah, Mini Radio.
Comedy Festival 2019 applications open until November 30th for 25 shows in five days. 40 comics chosen March 1st through 5th, 2019 for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's our fourth annual and we hope you apply from whatever part of the nation or international comedy scene you come from. Apply now through November 30th. Go to our website, www.mutinyradio.fm, for more details. Aloha, mutineers. Stolowitz here. People ask me, Dave, why do you spend so much time listening to mutinyradio.fm? Well, the answer is simple to me. It's the love I find here. We've got so many great programs here. There's something for everybody, surely. Well, maybe not the Hitler crew, but you know everyone else. Let me tell you about some of my favorite shows here at Mutiny you may not have heard about. Labor and Love with Bill Morgan is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 noon. Bill is passionate about labor, jazz, and solidarity, and he tells you how it is. No BS. If somebody gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. I always learn a lot from Labor and Love. It's educational and inspirational. 
The Common Thread Collective is every Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. with legendary octogenarian hate Ashbury activist Diamond Dave. With help from his friends, Dave talks news, wisdom, progressive activism, and spirituality. There's also open mic time for music, poetry, and stories. Comics got to hold off till happy hour, though. Oh, and check out Flat Black Plastic with Scott Walker, Saturdays from noon to 2. The title says it all. Classic vinyl albums with no apologies. Great stuff. You can listen in live to these fine programs on mutinyradio.fm or download the podcast at your convenience on Apple iTunes. What a deal. Authentic, real San Francisco love. That's what keeps our ship afloat. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.